Gentlemen, it's Pod Damn It After Dark. It's me, it's me, it's the authenticated, never duplicated, love to be calculated, king of bada bing, sensation of innovation, the Machiavellian Messiah, Mikey Bro himself here, with the boobtastic, bombastic, brilliant Brian Hughes. Brian, what's going on? Doing good, Mikey. How you been? Well, we, we, <laughs> so maybe, so maybe Brian go, okay, 9.30. We're gonna do it. We're gonna start at nine thirty. We're gonna do it for like an hour or whatever. We're gonna do it for, and we spend the first twenty minutes talking about the draft and yeah. not recording, which we should have done. But that's fine. We can get into that. We can get into the start of the regular season. I'm doing absolutely fantastic. I've been all over the fucking Southern California with the softball shit. Brian, how have you been up to, man? We've been seven days without a podcast. So we it has been a while. It's been a while. We went through, you know, obviously all the spring training. We've now went through. We have the first week of the actual. Um, CMA. Sim, the first opening opening week up now. That's okay and, though. We still, we've done a lot of episodes. Yeah, no, no problem. Oh, okay. the, while I was waiting for you to, uh, you know, be able to to get on um, to the uh, the pod, I was actually able to do some Rule Five stuff. So we'll be able to talk a little bit about Rule Five stuff. Ooh. I thought it was interesting. So you just want to brag about Ward. That's okay. I'll, I'll, no, no, I'll, no, I'll allow it. I'm, I'm actually. That's not what I was going to say. I was going to say that all the movement that we had since since you boxed me in, and now I got to say it. Out of all the movement we had, there was only nine teams that ended up actually keeping Rule Five guys, even though we went six rounds deep. <laughs> There's only there was only nine teams that actually officially kept a player that they drafted in the Rule Five in their 26 man uh, lineup. Is? Well, obviously, you know, you you take you take a flyer and a guy to see, you know, a are they going to develop, b are they ready, c are they going to fit your organization. And I will tell you, out of the nine teams, um, you know, there's several teams like, for example, like Dublin and uh, Montreal that have multiple guys. So, you know, they're so you're saying Dino Magic needs players. Well, I think Dino Magic is trying to find the next Azrat, you know, Uki. He had Azrat, and then he traded Azrat. I get it, but that's what I'm saying. I think he's looking for the next one. So, you know, is these guys are trying one? to these guys are trying to strike gold twice. Um, but there was there is several guys like you mentioned. There is several guys that uh, Azrat, by the way, since we're here, uh, had two shitty first starts. We're not going to get into it because. Yeah. Well, apparently a lot of a lot of pitchers had uh, pretty <laughs> shitty starts. Like I said, we're not going to get into it. I, <laughs> I, I don't have time. I, I don't drink. Okay. I mean, this might lead me to drinking. But I do want to take out um, a couple seconds real quick to uh, thank our sponsor, which is Brody's uh, Bagels. Brody Stanley has opened a bagel shop in uh, Milwaukee. Um, he's aware that people in Milwaukee like carbs. So there's that. And I want to get to it. Brody Stanley has started all six games. He is four for 20. He's hitting 200, but he has a 407 on base. He uh, has one home run, three RBIs. He's walked six times, only striking out twice. He has a stolen base without looking Brian. What is his projected war after six games of the season, AKA early reaction theater? Mm. I would I didn't didn't look. Uh, I would say probably three and a half. It is five point one. Fantastic. Wow. But hey, the real question is, 
The real question is, I know they got off to a 6-0 start. Can I ask a question? Is Brian the worst general manager? In, I mean, is Bill the worst general manager in the league? He couldn't trade, like, on a nearly full retain, a five-war player? I mean, come on. I don't know. I, th- I You might have had it right the first time when you said, is Brian. <laughs> oh, well. Brian, oh. traded, Brian traded the milkman, uh, Garrett Wosley, who, by the way, had six home runs and 20 RBIs in the first week, and he's leading uh, the league in, in RBIs. He's leading the league in on-base and average. And I mean, <laughs> he had two home runs and eight RBIs against Orlando in a 29 to nothing victory. So, But he, but I'm saying he has, he has six home runs in six games, so he's on track for 160. 62 not bad um yeah so there so i'm just saying that there is a brody effect uh, brody stanley effect going on i'm just saying since acquiring brody stanley the milkmen have not lost a game that's all i'm saying also um a couple of things i want to get to uh for those of you who were keeping track yes rich nunn was rostered and he made a successful first start i don't and, know about successful but he did well, make the first start and we also got to track on, keep track of the Blondie, uh, Jean Blondie, the Maverick himself. He uh, he pitched one game. He went 1.2 innings. He gave up six hits, six earned, two walks. Didn't strike anyone out. He has a 480 whip. Uh, he's you know he doesn't have a strikeout yet, but there's always a positive. His BABIP is under 700. It's at .600, and he's walking 10.8 per nine. Um, the Babbitt .600, that's quite possibly the worst opening line. You, I mean, talk about having a bad start to your career. All jokes aside, though. Um, totally worth that $30 million a year contract. 36.46, but all jokes aside, um, welcome to Montana. Uh-huh. Um, let's go ahead and get into it, man. There's been, I think, 16 draft picks so far. We can go through some of that stuff, but quickly let's go through the 6-0 and teams, which are Las Vegas or Milwaukee. We have not prepped for said podcast yet, as it relates. Um, to who, who are you? Who are you more impressed with to this point? Las Vegas is just shitting on people, so Las Vegas. But I don't know if I should be impressed. His team see, is just that much better than everyone else's. See, I actually disagree. Now, granted, I understand there was the twenty-nine to zero against Orlando that was That's just kind of kind of. No, I, I'm getting getting to my point, yeah. which was kind of crazy. But I'm actually more impressed with the milkman because I the think Brody Stanley effect? well because number one I've already told you how I feel about Salem I think they're going to be improved this year and I know I know that Orlando is not uh, a juggernaut by any means but if you look uh, Vegas has actually went to extra innings twice once against Palmetto and once against Disney so although they are six and zero, and I'm not taking anything you know undefeated right. is undefeated uh, they could very easily be four and two well, the problem is with the Milwaukee Milkman's 29 to nothing game, it skewed the fuck out of everything. Now, the pitching's for real. He's allowed 15 runs against. That's number one. That's fine. But the 29-run spot, I mean, his run differential is, I mean, <laughs> one week into the season, he has like a 39-run differential. So that's ridiculous, yeah, it's, obviously. Yeah, it's, 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 it's literally going to take to the end of June to somewhat, or to the end of May to somewhat like, like it's still going to be still fluxed, I think, but it's still going to be, uh, it's still going to be crazy. Um. But yeah, man. So I, I I don't know. I mean, Milwaukee had 15 home runs in six games. What's what would be what would be your you know you mentioned the first the the two teams here here's here's my 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 big take out of the little Italy division so far. Is right? it a hot take or is it a big take? No, no, no. Just my my overall arching it, big take. So is, number is, one, oh Milkman Milkman started off like horrifically last year. 
I don't know. I don't know if uh, Shane righted the ship and made sure that he got his starters more reps, but clearly they are on a much better track, at least to start the season. So six and I would. So Gary pointed out that two games against Orlando did go to extra innings. You know what I mean? So, and it's kind of funny because both of his games against Orlando do like went to extra in the two extra inning games. He won 11 to five and nine to two. So what <laughs> this is telling me is that Milwaukee can put up some runs. Oh yeah. They, they can absolutely, uh, they can absolutely score in bunches. And you know what? I didn't see that. So I guess, you know, theoretically, I guess they could be four and four and two as well. Um, you know, but I, you know, the milkman is definitely still, like I said, an interesting story. They were a team that was, down 19 games uh, at one point last year and rallied back to make the playoffs. So I definitely think they've essentially put the little Italy division on notice with the way they've started the year. Um, I think, you know, I'm really curious to see how the spiders, how Kevin and Josh from the uh, a, Montana, how they navigate this year. He made a fuck ton of moves. Did a Cleveland? They yeah. brought in Matt McFerrin, obviously the last time before the season to play first base for the season. Um, which, I mean, it's fine. Um, Shane Carver's moving to DH. That's fine. He's more, I mean, at this point, $5 million DH is fine. It's not like he's costing him a ton. Obviously, he improved his offense for a season. So he has Nasir and McFerrin at the top, which is solid. He has Brown, Carver, and Linklater. This is solid. He's got five, like, stud offensive bats, like stud, stud bats. And then he has, you know, his other bottom half who are all fine. Um, He traded for Isaacs, right? So there's Mm -hmm. that. Um, I don't love his bullpen, but I didn't love his bullpen last year. So he obviously has Turley and Chikatalu at the back end. But other than that, like, depending on how you feel about 35-year-old Oliver, you know what I mean? Like, he's kind of thin back there, but he has a lot of starting pitching. Isaacs, who he also traded for with Vancouver, made the opening day start and did really well, even though he got the loss in Orlando. Um, I mean, I don't know. You like, could make, you could make I, the I argument. Cleveland you could and make, make the, the playoffs argument. this year, so. I was going to say, you can make the argument that Cleveland might actually be better this year than they were last year, but there's so many teams in this division that have really kind of pushed their chips in. Like I said, I think Milwaukee, even though it seems like a big loss losing Chris Hill, to be able to get back a pitcher and a bat like Garrett Wolseley, I think I is even huge for them. He's not, he's not even pitching uh, – what's it? Trites isn't no. even back in the rotation yet. And he's not even pitching Beltron, who he has continuing to develop in the minors. So, yeah, so he's he got – he, Well, he's got his trade deadline pieces in the minor leagues. Absolutely. He's got, he's got some pieces, which honestly it's smart because you know what? You might as well not start that clock if you have other guys available. You can call them up in September when you, know, when you need them for the playoff push. Um, outside of a, that he, – He's in a division, by the way, where he can slow play it, by the way. Outside of Milwaukee, any any other things um, in the first week of the sim that either shocked you or caught you off guard? Or yeah, one other thing, um, and, and I'll get to it in a second. I, I do want to do this with you really quick. I'm calling it overreaction theater because we're only six games in. I'm going to link teams from the ARL side with similar records, and you tell me which team you believe in more, Las Vegas or Milwaukee, both 6-0. and Just who do you believe in more? Vegas. Okay, New York or Better Montana, D. both 4-2. and Who do you believe in more? I'm sorry, one, I, one more time. New York and Montana, both four and two. Who do you believe in more? Montana. Okay. Honolulu, Palmetto, Cleveland, all three and three. Who do you believe in more? I, 
I got to give it to Cleveland just because I, I know Kevin has been there and, he, and he's navigated yeah, he, that. I don't think that's even a question for me. I think the other two teams are exceeding expectations. Uh, Palmetto may be better as the season goes on, but as of right now, mm-hmm. I'm not picking against Cleveland, even though I'm not picking on to make the playoffs. Oh, I said that. Actually, I think I said that in my way too early playoff, my way too early predictions that we did, uh, I think, I think a half yeah. an hour after the regular season aired. Okay, real quick to the FRL. Let's do it again. Seattle Sharks or Toronto Maple Leafs, 5 and 1, you two, nine more. <laughs> Uh, I gotta, I gotta Paris, go with Seattle. Okay, Paris Saint Germain, Cascadia, or Tampa Bay—all four and two. Who are you buying more? Clearly, I'm buying Paris, but I will tell you, I'm really impressed with the moves that Russo, Russo, excuse me, Mike's made uh, there in Tampa Bay. I really feel like he's done a really good job of filling out this team because you know we were talking about before, like what do you have? You have Rusick, Pessler, and you've got Privet, and like and you've got nothing Disney's else. Bullpen. <laughs> right, and you have nothing else. But what has he done this offseason? He makes a, a sign-in trade deal with uh, Cleveland for Trejo, who's going to be a calming veteran presence in that rotation. He picks up guys like Han and Fujiwara from Disney. And Micah Vinatente. Who are going to be absolutely key contributors uh, in this bullpen. And then you look offensively, he got my guy um, that, you know, that I've been touting, and that's Jason Robinson, who – all he does is put up three war every year and nobody likes him. But, you know, so far this year, once again, totally early, early reaction as he's only 25 bats in. But 25 bats in, he's got a 393 on base percentage and two home runs. So, um, you know, I mean, he I think made the right moves in order to put himself in position. But I think it's unfair to say, hey, Cascadian Tampa Bay versus the world champ. This like, was way too fucking long of an answer. It's still Paris, but Tampa Bay, <laughs> Tampa Bay needed their props. Cascadia is the team right now that we need two or three more Sims to see if it's for real. Okay, so last question before I ask you the last question. Jason Robinson at 551 or Brody Stanley at a two, say, 212, which is basically the swapping of the center fielders. I, I still Who's like right? Robinson. I still so like Robinson. Give him an extra $40 million. I like Robinson. Look, I understand that the con- contractually that he- here's the problem, and and I'm just so there's only it- one war projected difference. Okay, like, let's do this. Who has a higher war at the end of the season, Jason Robinson or Brody Stanley? I think I think Stanley has the higher upside, but I think Robinson is going to be the guy that actually has the higher war. Here's the Steady. problem. Here's the problem. Problem for me. Would, hold Stanley. on, wait. Would you be surprised to know that per per my scout? That Jason Robinson, and I quote, dogs it too often and is slow to catch on. Would that bug you? Um, it wouldn't if he's already played nine seasons in the, the, the professional leagues and he's had at least a two and a half war in every season but one. I well, mean, Brody Stanley says, and I quote, is a sex god. So, so right. I mean, there's that. Brody Stanley, here's the problem with Brody is he Stanley. He's the most I'm handsome man in the PBA, be honest. I'm going to get this out before, before you cut me off. <laughs> so. That's a yes. That is a yes. But here's the thing with Brody Stanley. You have two outs, runners on second and third, and you absolutely have to have a hit, as Mike likes to say, gun to head. There is no way that you can trust Stanley in that spot. Could he hit a home run one out of five attempts? Sure, but the problem is he's so boomer bust. I would much rather take the guy who's got a 292 batting average and a 393 on base than the guy that's got a 400 on base and a 200 average. The, the, you, the bottom you, line is you're, Stanley. You're just, dogging Stanley, though, man. He went I, to Long Island where it was a bad fit. And aside from that, he's never had a bad season. Like, 
And you know what? If 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 what if what you're saying ends up being true, right? And we'll he ends up at the end of the, the year. You heard no. it here. Yeah, Mike will eat dog food. At, at the end of the year, if he's got above a 215 batting average, we'll talk. How about that? Above 215? 250. Oh. 250. Like like league average last year, if you Let's go and – his career batting average is before I agree. If you go – if you go His career batting average is 250. So Right. That's what I'm saying. If you go and look last year, the the average the, – the, Average for the league was 269. So I'm saying, look, he can still be a below average hitter. Guess and what I his BABIP was last year? Well, I'm looking at his page, so I know it was 292. Or, I mean, uh, 226. 226, excuse me. Yeah, that's yes. terrible. It, it is terrible, but so is the fact that he's a 250 hitter lifetime and a like a 330 on base guy. So. But his home run rate is fantastic. His his home run rate is fantastic, but if you can live with getting 25 home runs a year and 107 strikeouts, then, like, great. But that's not the way everybody wants to play baseball. <laughs> no, just the way it's baseball's just, played these just, days. <laughs> yeah, just, just how winners want to play, right? <laughs> yeah. um, okay, so, All right, so, that's the problem in Seattle. I got it. So, okay, last one. Vancouver, Cologne or Long Island, tell me which one you believe in more and tell me after that why it's not Bill. <laughs> so I got to tell you, and you know what, this is something that I'm sure just – Oh, Vancouver lost his last hell. three. So. Yeah, well, I'm sure this is something that will irk the hell out of Jeff, but I don't know what it is, but he just literally cannot beat the Seattle Sharks. So he he won the first three games. He won the first three games on his schedule – obviously versus Montreal, but the last three games of his schedule, he wow. played, he played Sorry, the Sharks Rob. and um, literally he had, are you ready? He had a six run lead going into the eighth inning in one them. game. And the next game he was up six to one and gave up seven runs in the ninth inning. I, I, I don't know what it is. I don't know if it's a curse, but just like I told you last year, we went 11 and two versus him and he had a series split with Paris. I don't know what it is, but we just have Vancouver's number, but I think he actually has a very, very good team. Vancouver's got a very good team and um, I'm actually a little concerned, maybe just a, a, a touch, you know, maybe Obata ends up being the uh, the ace we all expect it, you know, 47. But um, I'm kind of a little concerned about Cologne's pitching staff. I got to be honest Interesting. I'm a little concerned about his pitching staff. So he, I mean, he, he, he is on pace for a negative war. So there's I'm, I'm not worried about that, right? Like, it's so early in the season. This is something me no, and no. you talked about no, before no, 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 the no, year. No. Mark is literally sleep, not sleeping tonight because of his minus four. Like, come on. But I but I want this to be something that you can cooperate because this is something we talked about way before the season started. I told you how I had good concerns. Luck for too, bro. Like, but – I, we've had we've had conversations about how I had concerns about all these pitchers that are like 35 and older, like so Brian before so so Brian off at a ridiculously high level. Yeah, so 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 Brian's screaming off the podcast. He's like, these motherfuckers are giving up a lot of money, which is you know what you pay for in free agency. That's fine, no big deal. But like to your point, you were super against all these contracts from, well, but here's, from all here's, those Garys to 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 Obata to Blondo, like. You literally to Trejo, like I can I, I, I can back him up. He did not like a single free agent starting pitcher contract handed out this year. I, it was laughable. 
Here's a here's the thing. This is what Not I'm getting at. Not a single one. By you, the way, Gary's four and two, and at, he's a minus three run differential going. Here, here's the thing. If you look at Obata last year, right now, I understand that this is with the Mountain Men, mm. but he went nine and fifteen with a five eleven ERA. He had a ninety five ERA plus, right? Which I understand I'm is not you. the not the end all be all, but it does it does kind of give you an idea of where a guy's at, and that netted him a twenty eight million dollar deal. And I'm just concerned. We've had one, two, three, four seasons in a row where he's thrown two hundred and twenty innings. I'm not saying I'm I'm knocking on wood right now. I'm not wishing anything bad on the guy or anything like that. But I'm saying at thirty eight. Like when do the wheels fall off? <laughs> like, um, like when do the wheels fall off? Because in this division, as you know, we've talked about this. In this division, when you face a Paris, a Seattle, a Vancouver, as often as we end up having to face each other, like I just wonder if Luther, who's being brought back at 34, who had a nice year last year, like I'd actually say it was probably like his best year of his career. You know, like so, surprisingly yeah. good. So it's kind of funny you mentioned that because obviously the weighted stats, the 2, 2, 15, 10 thing, whatever, it, yeah. I don't remember exactly, whatever, it obviously has value. And I wonder if he's going to depreciate in value quicker pitching in your division if he's there for longer than a season or two than if he would have stayed on our side and pitched just based Correct. on the players he'd be facing. Like it's a it's a bigger deal. You know what I mean? Like right. do you like, – like, like, I kind of don't want to say this out loud because I'm not sure how it's going to come off, but hey, I'm me, so I'm going to do it anyways. Like, if, 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 if you're in a division and you sign a pretty good pitcher, could you gimmick it to a point where – and it's, it doesn't make sense because, like, you're obviously sign a player to play against other teams and pitch, blah, 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 blah. But could you gimmick it? Like, if you give out a bad contract, could you just skip that pitcher against the plus-plus teams to try to keep those weighted numbers down and keep the value of the contract and the player going forward a little bit higher than probably not artific- artificially is included? Like, this could be, like, a sim engine thing, and I'm not sure. But, like, I wonder if Obata's not to that point. And I say that largely to try to make a point that you're – like, to try to, to harp on the point you're making – asking if Abada pitching your division is going to become problematic for a clone. Like I, I, I personally think his ratings are so high. Like mm-hmm. I don't see it really being a problem this year. Like I don't. Right. <laughs> and, and it might not be right. Like he absolutely, I, I wouldn't, I would be equally, I would be equally as shocked if the wheels fell off or if next Sam, he goes two and O with a, you know, one, 1.0 ERA or something. So like, I'm are not we in saying... agreeance though that Cologne's offense is, I mean, his, or are, are we in agreement that Cologne's pitching is going to pitch above its weight just based on the handness and the parks and stuff than actually their ability? I'm let's put it this way. This is what I will say. And this has Mark, Mark knows that I, uh, I respect the heck out of his team. I am more concerned about Cologne out of the big four. I'm more concerned about Cologne's rotation and bullpen than I am the other four teams, the other three teams. I don't love Vancouver's rotation either. Yeah. See the, the difference for me though is, is okay. By the way, neither one of them have a bad rotation. And when I say I don't love it, I don't love it when comparing – when I say I don't love it, I say I don't love it when comparing it to Paris and Seattle in division. Outside of division, the top ten division, um, top ten rotations, easily both of them, whatever. Right. Azrat, Azrat, Yuki, I'm showing him as three out of five. He's going to continue to develop. By the time he hits the playoffs, because let's keep it real, more than likely unless something just catastrophic happens – 
Vancouver is going to make the playoffs. So he's going to be bona fide. Is Vancouver We've already, better than Cologne? Uh, right now, I think so. I don't think from an offensive standpoint Interesting. they are. Interesting. I don't think from an offensive standpoint they are. Although if you look at things like home runs, which I find ironic because well, who remember, was the player that was traded and retraded? Was it George Brett or was it Mansell? Um, I don't who think was it was. Two? I don't think it was George Brett. George Brett was uh, in a separate deal that was supposed to go to the ARL that didn't happen. So it was. It was George Brett was the one that didn't get traded though, right? That was Correct. the one. Okay. Yes. Um, he's a stud. So. But, but I'm saying, like, if you look at the voodoo right now, right? Like, if you look at the voodoo right now offensively, so batting average, third, they're third in the league, 302. On base, they're third. OPS, second. Batting or second. Home runs, tied for second. If you remember, the one thing I used to say about the voodoo is they had to play small ball. They didn't hit enough home runs. They're second right now. So, you know, if Eric Schlitz can step up if, you know, they have this this uh, young kid over there now, Leon Tilson, who looks like he's going to be a stud. I mean, we'll see, but he can, looks like he's going to be a stud. He could can be I a armchair trade something run. really quick? Sure. Okay. Steven Beardsley, I have him at four out of four and a half. That is what I have mm-hmm. him as. He is super dope, right? Mm-hmm. Super dope. Nice contract going forward. Um, Kentucky's kind of fucked right now in terms of right. his record 0-6. So question. <laughs> okay, question. It's not going to happen, but go ahead. Beardsley for Riso Noss and your Vancouver and you take a contract back or offer a couple prospects. Noss is a level A superstar. I think Beardsley is a level C superstar with upside to maybe a level B superstardom, like if I'm tearing it out. I think um, I think I think you're you're mildly doing Beardsley a disservice. Okay. Just because well, okay, that's I fine. mean, he he was a five war guy last year. Sweet. And he won and he had he won the gold glove over. He won a Nas. gold he, he he won a gold glove. I understand. So he's but a I, five war glove on the basis no, uh, five, five war on the basis of a twenty ZNR. Whatever. He's fucking ridiculous in the outfield. But so is Riso Nas. My question yes. is if you're if you're Kentucky and you're getting a locked-in contract at $8 million going forward for seven years for a 23-year-old, 24-year-old player. You're sending out Riso Noss, who's the same player type. And, mm-hmm. and, and and this is just my opinion. I have Noss as a grade-A, tier-1, center-field, yeah. super-duper star. He's he's one of the probably – Five best players. I was going to say one of the five or ten best players in the game. Absolutely. Okay. Based on so, position, all that kind of stuff, age. So, Stephen Beardsley, same position, same defensive metrics. Not quite as good offensively, but same value. Mm-hmm. not injury prone, like whatever. If you're Vancouver and you're willing to kick him that and kick him something like, I don't know, like say like a Mario Barrio, like a nice starting pitcher, like fragile, whatever, but like a nice, nice pitcher and take back a bad contract to help him. Like, isn't it? And especially because he'll have to pay Noss. Like, isn't that the type of player? Like imagine him pairing him with him and Schlintz for the next fucking 10 years. Like, I think huh. it were, I think it makes a ton of sense for Vancouver, but I Where don't doesn't it think make sense for Kentucky. Because I don't think – I think that Dennis would literally tear everything down in order to keep Nas. That's the – that's the – Okay, but um, Nas is making 8.75 next year in RB. His contract number is going to be it. closer to 20. His his contract number is probably – I'm going to say it's closer to 15. But I get what you're 15 saying. 15 what? Based on the game mechanics or based Correct. on the value? Okay. No, no, no. Based off game mechanics. If he was to offer him a contract now, it's not going to go – it's not going to immediately jump to 20. He could offer him 15 a year, I'll bet, for 
you know, let's say eight years, say 10 years, years even. That's fine. Yeah. Like 10 years, 15 million. I think he would sign that. Do, do we agree that Noss at 15 is better than Beardsley at eight or nine? I think we, I, I, yeah, I, I mean, if you have the cap space, I don't think there's a GM in the league that would, wouldn't pay the additional 7 million bucks because I think the, the, the but gap looking, between the two is is pretty substantial. So I'm looking right now, though, and Kentucky is 19th in prospects. And the prospects he have that list on the thing, one of which is a dope center fielder. Um, obviously, I know a lot of people know who Hamlet is. He's he's kind of like the guy that Milwaukee took, but from a center fielder position, like in the draft. So just a big, big eye, big uh, home run guy, not much else. Pretty good defensively, though I'll give him that. Um he doesn't have anything else. Vancouver no, has a ton he, of prospects. Listen, so you you can't Vancouver, tell me that you Van- can't put Beardsley in a trade with prospects, cap relief. I don't like. I said I'm not. I hear. I see what you're doing, and I understand what you're doing. Call it in. Call it. I'm, call I'm it telling in. you, I've had conversations with Dennis about this very player. I don't think there is Ooh, a chance in fucking hell. Shark. Shark is so fucking perfect for your team name. I don't think that there is a. I don't think that there is a chance in hell that he. I le- legitimately he would move everybody else on his team for pennies to on Mike, the dollars in order to keep. You have to understand he's a to 20, Mike Trout him basically. Correct. He's he's twenty two years old and he's already at least twenty three. Like no no no, not... no. But what what I'm getting at is even if he's bad now and like let's say it takes three years right three years to build his system back up after this year he's given it one more go then it takes him three, three years. years okay say four years whatever okay four or five the point is he's still going to be like 26 years old like he's still going he's going to be quote unquote in his prime when he like this dude is going to play baseball in Kentucky for the next. Does the injury, to 15 years. Does the injury proneness bug you with Riso? I know it says normal, but he's had 10 injuries, one of which a broken kneecap for four yes. months, all moderate. So, like, you're also kind of wagering against that as well. Correct. He's only had he's only had one season. Now, granted, I think it's worth noting because he is only 22, and he's only played three seasons in the well, pros. He, he, he came but up he's only 19. had Right, correct. He's only had one year where he's played at least 150 20, games. 20, excuse me. His 20 season, but he was 19 when it happened. Correct. But, to th- I mean, put this in perspective, right? So, last year at the age of 21, he hit 30 home runs, 111 RBIs, and had a 317 average with a 393 on base. He was a 7.7 war guy, and he's 21 years old last year. Like, he's still for, figuring things out. Like, this dude might be a 10-war player. For the record, he's the number two rated player in the game. Um for the that. record, I just want to say, Gary, why doesn't why didn't Seattle have any good players like that when I took over? <laughs> because Seattle GM was very loosey goosey. Um, hey, thanks a lot, loosey goosey GM. So, all right, so let's let's do some hot takes. I'm sure that the, the people that have that been is my hot take for, that Riso Nash should be traded for Beardsley prospects okay. and cap relief. Okay, so I got another one, Jeff. You go next. Yeah, Jeff, you can go ahead and hit up Dennis. I'll already let you know he's going to say no. But I also know that uh, Jeff is very, very pro-Beardsley, so he may not even want to do that, at least publicly. Um, but I do want to give a quick shout-out to Dennis. How about my boy Bill Walker hitting 292, 379 on base, and he, he's got a dinger. 
So it's uh, it's good to see him. Yeah, but I'm saying it's good to see him. him He's on pace. uh, Almost four more war than Riso Nas. The trade Riso Nas train (laughs) has began. That's right. By the way, are you? Are I'm you just speculating here that it'd be like a dope trade both ways. I, I'm not trying to armchair it or tell people what to do or make decisions for them. I just think that'd be a fun trade. Okay, so the teams that are like, let's just say in the shitter, right? Uh-huh, I'm going to say Kentucky, Orlando, Disney, Oakland. I'm going to actually, you know what? I'm going to include the two and four teams too. So Chicago Wells, Kentucky, Orlando, Winnipeg, Salem, Disney, Oakland, um, uh, Dublin and Montreal, who is in the most trouble and who are you the least worried about of those teams? Okay, well, there's three teams straight up that are garbage, Dublin, Montreal, and Orlando. Cast them off. You can eliminate them from the playoffs right now. I'd say Chicago, um, not there, but is like Luke kind of put it out there. This season isn't really based on team performance as much as individual performance so his mindset is what his mindset is i think his team is fine enough to compete in the division whether they make the playoffs or not i don't know um winnipeg and salem i think both of us really like their pitching and i think they'll be fine their division is fine it's good it's not great when i say great i'm like when i say good not great i'm referring to the french quarter division so i'm comparing everything to that division but on on i mean in a vacuum their division's fine they'll be competitive um, Oakland, obviously, there's 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 no problems in Oakland. They just what? But real quickly houses. though, like what's going on in Oakland? Like here, here's the thing that's scaring me. Okay, so we have a little data here now, right? So last season we have in the, six, in the six playoffs, games. no, six no, no, games. hold on. But last year in the in the playoffs, Bob and the Oakland Oaks had a hard time scoring runs. They were one of the top two teams in the league last year in scoring runs, and they struggled to score runs. Fast forward this year, through six games, they've only had two games where they've scored five or more runs. They've so, lost games 0-2, 2-10, like Bob's not scoring runs for whatever reason. Granted, I understand this is a, a totally overreact, but, but we also saw this same issue in the playoffs. So I think a lot of it starts with Rob Celine. Obviously, he's still a super dope player all around. However... His home runs have dropped. Uh, well, actually, they increased last year. Ha! Ah, just kidding. Um, his ratings, though, from what I have, have dropped. Like, I feel like last season was like his last, like, hurrah, hurrah, like his last real big offensive season. Because before that, he was. I mean, he it rose to war last season, cumulatively. So let's have a fucking word is. So Rob Saline. Can we I have a quick his, conversation about Rob Saline? Uh, this he's is a Hall of Famer, but go on. Absolutely, and I'm not saying he's not. But can I can I just say that this is the kind of the kind of player that like drives me crazy in game, and and the reason why like as a newer player, like I probably just drive the veterans nuts because my head scout has him as a five out of five star player, right? So so does mine. He's a prankster. Okay. He's, he's as loose as a goose. Yes, I got that as well. <laughs> but I, I got that as well. But so here's what I'm showing. Okay, the last five years, and not including this year because this year just started. 350 on base, 320 on base, 320 on base, 330 on base. Right. He's never batted higher than 230 uh, in the last. Now, it should be noted that Oakland's ballpark isn't completely conductive to him putting up huge offensive numbers. But go I, on. Okay. Uh, once again, I'm <laughs> I'm not saying that the ballpark is conductive to that. But once again, if it if it's not conductive to putting up massive home run numbers, having 20. 14 15 doubles a year when other guys like Suzuki who you know 
are, you know, obviously, you know, decrepit at this point and can't run, you know, and they're still putting up 40 doubles. I'm just saying, like, this is the kind of player that I struggle with, right? Because I understand that the majority of people, like you said, Hall of Famer, I'm not, I'm not saying he's not, but I look at this guy and I think like average, like he's an average player. Like I have guys on my team average that are like based two and on a half what star. Though? I mean, look at when you're hitting stats. on, on when, I mean, when you're stats. hitting, okay, average stats versus what you're, me, you're going give for. Me, okay, okay, wait, hold on. Wait. Give no, me stop. one category that you wait, think that he's hold on. excels <laughs> at. Okay, well, he's been an excellent, um, you know, home run and hitter and put up solid slugging numbers, but I digress. Look at when you have a player like Rob Saline, where, again, he comes in as a shortstop, right? He's a shortstop. Mm-hmm. He's been putting up, like, now not the last year and a half, two years or whatever, but he's been putting up plus, 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 plus defensive numbers, efficiency, error, no errors really, percentages high, says whatever, whatever, whatever. And you're getting 30-something home runs. It's, it's not like he's the best player in the game, but the type of asset that he is playing that type of defense with those type of numbers – be it they, the, the numbers you like or not, Brian, to me, like that's a position that most people in this league, especially are having someone hitting 220 with like a 300 on base with like four home runs and solid right. defense. But so like the opportunity cost to play Rob Celine, even though he's imperfect, makes him that much more valuable in my opinion than like 90% of the league. Right. And I understand it. And like, I, I guess I, like I said, I guess what I'm explaining trying to, to you like you're five. Right. I guess what I'm what I'm I'm trying to get across though is is when I look at Rob Celine. You think he's I, an average player, really? Like I, I average I based on five star or average no, based no, no, on no. five five player in the game. No, I'm saying like if you look at his statistics year over year compared to Are you talking offensive only? I'm I'm yeah, I'm just looking at the offensive metrics. Okay. I haven't looked at the fielding, right? Which by the way don't need to look at his fielding's top ten all time. Right. I understand. I can see, I can see the multiple glow gold gloves. Yeah. Clearly, fine. clearly he's solid this year, by the way, he is a minus 0.3 zone rating. It's, it's early, but I just look at, I like, look at this guy, right? So like, this is going all the way back to the 2019 season. This is the very first year that we played the league OPS plus, right? Decent yes, determiner. I'm not saying it tells the whole story. OPS plus, we all know 100 is average. OPS plus 107, 103, 102, 126, 85, 89. It's on base 96. plus slugging though, dude. Like his 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 I, avoid K profile isn't going to lend to a strong OPS. I I understand that, but once again. My, so wait, my, let me ask you a question. Like, you're, are, are, but are, you're contending are, you're contending that he is a a dynamic home run hitter right from the shortstop position. I'm not saying a, like overall. In a ballpark, by the way, that is like 0.8. So, yeah. Right. His that's power is like a legit 75. If he was in Montana, he'd be hitting 55 a year. Right. And that's what I'm saying. I'm not disputing the, the power metric. What I'm saying is even with that power metric that he has, his OPS plus is still only grading out as average or below average. But we know this. We've already, we, we, we just looked at that. That ties into the gap stuff too. Like, no, but that, but that's what I'm saying. Like, like he's a 28 gap power for me. Like, I don't know. I, like I said, I'm not, I'm not trashing the player. I'm not saying, obviously I'm not saying he's bad. I'm not saying, what do you start you know, for you? He's not a hollow. He's not, he would not start for me. He would no wait. So you're. I would. I would play. I would play my 26 year old kid. Look at guys. Right for those now, of you who don't know, marijuana is legal in the state of California, and yes. Brian fancies himself a pothead. I'm. I'm telling you right now. If yeah. Bob, for you're whatever, insane. if Bob for whatever inexplicable reason said, "Hey Brian, you know what? 
I want to gift you Rob Celine for Lahib Quitez. Uh, I wouldn't do it. Well, 24 versus 33. Well, no, I understand that. But I'm, I'm, my point hey. being is, granted, the age disparity is, I'm saying, like, let's say. I'm giving you a hard time at this point. Say but I, Celine I point is 30. My point is, is that, like, I don't need you to be a hitter profile where you're going to put up a, you know, like a, like a 400 on base percentage. You know what I mean? Like That's I get, nice. I get the, I get the value with the you glove, the like you were saying. Of Celine? No, I totally get the the appeal of, of Celine. What I'm saying is, is I I made the comment based on the fact that you said, you know, one of the, you know, one of the, you know, all time greats. You know, he's a future Hall of Famer, and I'm just saying. Once again, I haven't dove into the numbers that deeply, but when I look at his numbers, just first glance, I, I think of like the whole cliche, like Hall of Very Good, not Hall of Fame. Oh, maybe you're right. Maybe he is. You know, and that's that's just my the, opinion. He's, he's but let's the goose. Maybe let's talk real quickly about let's talk about the Oaks. I, I know that you're not overly concerned, but I got to tell you, like not six games in. I mean, they're they're. I don't know if it's a pitching issue. I don't know if it's a hitting issue, but like even going back to last year in the playoffs, like there, there's, there is some type of issue in Oakland that is kind of following this team. Like, I, honestly, I mean, he, so here's the thing. Oakland got swept by Palmetto lost two or three to Honolulu um, lost by, let me see two. He lost by basically two and a half, three runs are under three times. So I'm not super concerned. But but the, uh, here's the thing, and he's one in five. He could very easily be 0 and 6. And you could also like, very easily be 4 and 2. Like, Well, I don't know about 4 and 2. Like, where are, you, where are you getting the four games from? Like, he only has one game that he lost by one run. I mean, okay, he has well, – he the one game he did win, he won by one run. I'm just saying, like, there is definitely – Surf don't score two in the sixth. I mean, it's – there. I mean, relative, dude, like – but I'm, I'm saying three run home run in the eighth. That game didn't you, way. I'm just saying it's super early. I'm just saying. Have you ever seen a Bob's team that run scored their tenth? Like that to me is unusual. Through six games, I'm sure. Well, no, not through six, not through six games. Once again, this is the way too early overreact. I'm I'm coupling this with the fact of I already know how his team performed in the playoffs. We okay, were both so, surprised with the way they performed. You know, granted, I understand we think like, oh, you know what preseason don't worry about it they didn't perform great in the preseason either let me ask you a question do you think he has a, a good roster Not i think a great roster but a good a solid roster no i think bob has a really solid roster but if you look up and down this lineup every one of his guys are underperforming why so unless he I has like the milwaukee-itis from last year like i yeah. don't see it as an issue right and that's what i'm saying we'll we'll, we'll have a chat about this in a sim or two um Biggest Have you surprise. not seen the awesome center fielder name he has? Suck a soul. Like, that guy needs to be <laughs> in the playoffs. He has to be in the playoffs. So, listen. He's we scouted on 0 2020 Like, get this guy. Like, I want this guy picking all my lottery numbers. Like. Okay, we got to get to the draft, though, man, because we only got, like, 10, 15 minutes left. But they're and having fun doing this random stuff. Okay. I, I, I get it. But you also – you're the one that told me to rein you in time-wise because you, you had stuff to do. That was so, 15 minutes. So we're good. But yes, let's correct. Back. So let's talk a little bit about the draft. Um, Can we just skip the number one pick? Because well, I think it's important it. only because you brought it up. Okay. So you mentioned that several GMs had contacted you. I know that Gary had sent out like an anonymous list. By the way, Mark Finn was taken seventeenth as we were talking. Okay, very cool for for uh, Mark Finn and that player. I'm glad that uh, I'm glad he got. Well, he was up. a player you really liked. 
I, I did like him. I did like him quite a bit. I told you I had a couple other guys I liked a little bit more, but he was definitely somebody I would have considered if he was still there. So um, Kentucky definitely got another good one. And then uh, Willie Schofield just went to uh, Tampa Bay at number 18. But um, you had talked to several GMs, and I know that Gary had sent out this anonymous flyer. After and I was – especially after last year, I mean – I kind of felt like the talent in last year's draft was probably the worst it's been since I've been in the league. And this is Oof. my fourth season. Oof. So big, big pick for Roos at 18. Wow. So I'm looking at the, like the, the, the hitters this year. And I really feel like this was a very, I'm not looking at the stars. I'm looking at the, the numbers, you know, that that's kind of more my thing. And I, and once again, I could be wrong, but I feel like there is a lot of really solid hitters in this year's class. Like I think um, it is stickity stacked. Yeah, I think you could legitimately make the argument that if everybody drafted a hitter in round one, everybody should legitimately be able to get a starter. Agree? Yeah, I mean, like there's that less, many there there's that many good hitters. So with that said, depending how you feel on the thing that you have to do with your glove as a defense. <laughs> okay, touche, like, yes. touche. But so my question to you is, I know that you did a little research. I know that you talked to a few GMs and that you'd mentioned that there was, there was a lot of consensus up at the top, but that, um, you know, it kind of faded off when you got into the top 10. The Just, only name that everybody, every single general manager gave me, not one gave me something different, was Kurt Borland. Um, we, 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 we jokingly talked about it. You know, this is why you tank. Look at, <laughs> say what you want. When you get a generational player like Borland in there, which you can see the guys coming up through the future years, et cetera, et cetera. I'm not getting into to cheating anymore. It is what it is. We know who cheats, who doesn't, who's done it, who hasn't. Yes, that, that's enough Gatorade for the night, bro. It's sugar-free. That's fine. Um, here, here's the thing. I don't know how you feel. We have not talked on this, so you can give me your opinion publicly. I, I mean, I'm sure you like him. He is the safest, most consistent, most high upside, most perfect line drive spray and a pull flaw. Like he is like Kerb Borland. If I was starting a draft today and I could not take a pitcher in the draft, he would be the number one pick in the entire league I would take. And I'm not even fucking bullshitting. His metrics. He is the exact. His lefty split. His 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 leftiness, both sides of the plate. Him being already per my scout three out of five star. Like it's fucking ridiculous. Like I'm sorry. He he should be lead off. He should. He should be in Palmetto's lineup by June or 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 whenever the fuck he's drafted. Like I I have him at two out of five, and the fact that he's already got well, fucking Palmetto's been playing guys at a half star out of five. I I get it, but I'm saying he's got like three or four guys that are already signed to 10-year contracts. Uh, I mean, he's got Pop was, Smoke. Hold he's on, got, from a screenshot I was shared, he has like 15 of them. But that's okay. My point, my point being is, is, and this is just my opinion, I know he was, I know that Jacob was pretty high on Pop Smoke. I know that... All these fucking Pop Smoke and fucking Fibio um, and all these fucking rappers. Correct. I know that he was, I know that he was pretty high on... Fivio, foreign, as you mentioned. Another rapper. Yes, I don't know anything about rappers. Yes, all they all do that, is talk so. about sexually objectifying. <laughs> all, all they talk about is sexually objectifying women and is someone with a daughter. It kind of so, either name. I, but that's I, and I got a daughter too, but once again, I didn't even know that that's, that's what it was. But what, terrible what I was going to say terrible is... Terrible human being, but go on. But what I was going to get at is 
this is the one thing that I don't understand, right? And I understand, like, you just you take the best player in the draft and you don't worry about it. You figure it out. But you got Bill Ryan locked up $8 million a year for the <laughs> Do you next... mean the guy who got signed to an $8 million contract who literally, like, isn't right. playing for him? And right. by the way, I'm not saying Bill Ryan is bad. He is good. No, he's but, not like, bad. He but hold no on. Yeah, let me, let me finish the thought here. So yeah. Bill Ryan, he's making $8 million a year. You've got him locked up for the next yes. seven years. Pop Smoke, you have him locked up the next 10 years through 2036. Yeah. Fivio Foreign, you have him locked up the next 10 years. So, like, my question is, and this is, and maybe this is just, I don't know, maybe I'm just, like, totally, like, brain dead. Like right. you said, you know, like, he's clearly the best player. Does it really matter if you're drafting the best player if you don't have anywhere to play him? Yes, because he's better than Fivio, in my opinion. I, well, so. Okay, so let's say he is better than Fivio, right? He's better than Fivio. Like, what are, what are you now going to do with these other guys? You're going to try and trade them away when everybody knows that you, you don't have – why do you think he can't trade Bill Ryan? Bill Ryan's not as good as everyone else that he has. No, I get it. But and he's you know, way overpaid. He, he's not going to be able to recoup the value on these guys. So the whole, you know uh, – Regardless of what you want to call it, tanking, whatever, whatever you want to call it, like this is going to backfire because you can't keep drafting middle infielders. You can and hope that no, you can't. You can. You've already got three of them locked up. Doesn't for matter. 10 years. It's the, the 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 and this is just my personal opinion. First of all, shit always sorts itself out via injury, okay. via whatever. Second of all, when you have a team with that much, I mean, dude. Okay, so like if you go through his transactions, and by the way, Jacob. I didn't just do this for you. I've done it for everyone in the league, and I've cha- and I've and I've and I'll and I'll publicize it once I'm done with it. But I've I've traced trades since. Uh, okay, so when <laughs> when all the Jacob shit first started, like I started going back and tracing all his trades. Like 99% of the assets he's accumulated are either players he's had or players that he's tanked to acquire. So everything he's done to this point, like I think I've made it pretty much clear. I don't really care. There is a talent in being able to see and project out and trade for people's best players. That's fine. All the players he has, fucking whatever, dude. Like you've either had them in your system before you got there, you've traded for them, and you fucking Dorito chipped it up, whatever you want to call it, for a Dorito, for a bag of Doritos, for a fucking whatever. It doesn't matter. The point is – He's got good players. That's the bottom got, line. But, but what do you matter. do now that you have three middle infielders? Who cares? Like, fucking worst case scenario, and it's fucking stupid, but you put him in the minor lease. He has four years for him. That's what I'm saying. But, like, it doesn't matter. He's going to be on the roster. He's going to be playing this season. Okay. But let me ask you a question. Out. Let me ask doesn't you a question. Matter. does not Let's, matter. I understand he has four years of eligibility, right? Yeah. And I think he's too highly touted to, to, to crash and he burn. He should be starting this but listen, season. I know, but, but listen – if you put him in the minor leagues, even uh-huh. at AAA, uh-huh. for let's say two years, two years plus, because you have three guys that you're not going to be able to move, what do you think happens to his development so after a year? After a year, when he's ready to go and you have nowhere to put him. So your contention is he has nowhere to play him, so he's not going to get playing time, or he's going to stall. And I no, agree that that I... does happen, but like, here's the thing: he has so many contracts, like the gimmicky contracts, and they're across the league. It's not just in Palmetto. What? Palmetto's the worst defender of it, but they're all across the league. Here's the thing. They're all on such value, like, it doesn't matter. Like I, I get I get that his contracts are, value, are, are good they're, they're value, stupid. but what I'm, like, what I'm saying is... Two war, like, one war, they're all worth value. Like, he hasn't so cheap, they're locked in. 
Right. Kevin Owens is going to be good for a long time, which is fine, which is great. Who cares? But I'm just saying his contracts are so cheap, like it doesn't matter. Like okay, so let, let's get past let's get past Palmetto and Borland because clearly I get it. Everybody had him Everyone, very high. And, and, and by the way, I've had two GMs tell me, and I'm not going to fucking say their names if they want to come out <clears throat> and say who they are. That's fine. I've had two GMs tell me before he was taken. I don't know about number one. Yeah, I absolutely had him number one. Like, so it was kind of like, I think people were kind of pressuring Jacob not to take him in that chat after Jacob basically said, what do I do? I trade someone else or whatever. But I think people were just kind of joking around with Jacob a little bit in the regards. But, um, I mean, come on, dude, 200 games, 14 more. It's fucking win probability out of his 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 base running metrics are fucking ridiculous. He's one of those players that's six foot. He he's probably a more of a second baseman than a shortstop, and it really doesn't matter where the fuck he plays him. He can play anywhere. I I think he I think he'll be a Gold Glove shortstop. I think I think he's, he's a Gold Glove second baseman, a Gold Glove shortstop. I think whether he wins it every year or not, I don't think yeah. it, it it depends. I think he's the best player that the game has created. That is not a Since pitcher. The initial drafted. Draft. It's unbelievable to 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 me. Okay. Just, so let just me a little bit about this league that I know. Let me let me ask you a, 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 a couple questions here, just because you know we're at pick eighteen in the draft. As you know, I don't I don't want to give up you know anybody's uh, <clears throat> last 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 thing, Brian. Yeah, I know that like I go hard on Jacob sometimes for the bullshit that he brings to the league, and I did go a little bit on Palmetto there, but that's solely based on my opinion of Borland and on the Palmetto franchise. I can fucking absolutely separate. The cheating and shit oh, I know. from the I, actual franchise stuff. And Palmetto should be winning this division. I, seasons, so it's fine. I get it. And Borland, and Borland, like, I, I agree with you. I think Borland, also, honestly, is that good. It's, it's, it's ridiculous. He is a franchise changer. If, I mean, it's it, ridiculous to have an eye, to have an eye and avoid K that high and to have all the physical tools and all the defensive metrics that high. It's it's a reason why you see in four years, by the way, not at the high school level, but the collegiate level that the lowest on base percentage he's ever had was 454, which by the way, is like a hundred points higher than what you would consider to be good. (laughs) I can't wait to see his team in a few years with Fivio and with Borland and all these guys. Like they're literally going to be like putting up there. He's going to have like five guys, like pushing 500 on base. It's going to be fucking nuts. Oh yeah. That's what I'm saying. Like I agree with you. And you know, the thing that's even more interesting is, is the one thing that I really like, you know how I feel about seeing guys progress and get better in this and that. Absolutely. If you look at Borland from his first year in college to the last year in college, every single year, his war went up. He went from one, three to three, six right. to four Oh to five <clears> one. <throat> so it's showing that he's progressing, that he's getting better and that he's, you know he's ready to he's ready to progress. So let's. Let me, definitely the team to watch on our side for this season. I think just based on the type of talent he has coming. I up. I think it's a little coming. early. I think next year is going to be the year. But that's oh, no, just but me. No, 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 no. But I'm saying he's my team to watch this year. Like in oh, terms yeah. of the, yeah. the type of team. Like if if like if like um he's a San Diego Padres in terms of he has all the awesome young kids. Like right, right. Like he's super fun to watch. Like he's definitely probably one of my favorite five rosters in the league right now, and I don't see that changing anytime soon. Okay, so there's been a lot of pitchers drafted. I wasn't overly All the impressed. Dice, with, bro. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't overly impressed with the the pitching market this Ooh, year. Hold on, you you privately told me that you loved Steve Hooper. No, no, I, I like Steve Hooper. <laughs> you liked you liked a different guy. Yeah, no, I said I. You liked you know you liked Mark Finn. No. I told you didn't you, like Mark Finn. We compare. We 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 literally did not start the podcast early because we listen, were comparing Mark Finn. I liked Mark Finn, but I, the guy I told you I liked was Alex Garland. 
Hmm. He's already taken. That I under well, so is Mark Finn. <laughs> this is so, true, but when the podcast started, he was not. But I already no. mentioned he was taken. What am I doing? But no, here? but my point, my point being was, is that I really think this, like I said before, that this is a really, really good year to need a hitter. And um, so I'm curious, I'm curious. There, you know, obviously there's still several guys out there. Unbelievable amounts of talent left. Right. There's there's several guys still out there. They could definitely really help a franchise. Um, what what positions would you, in your opinion, because I, I don't want to give away prospects. I don't want we, that to be. What we've this already show got does. reprimanded for the but free like, shit. But just like, for the record, guys, we're we, not going to be going forward or chairing contracts. We got in trouble. Can we can we just say like what positions do you feel like um, are particularly deep? Like I feel well, like, let's say outfield. There's that. I feel like I feel like middle infield though is pretty deep too. But middle okay, but 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 to my point, like that's how good Borland is. That like there's so many good like Jankowski and Martinez are fucking dope. Uh, dude, I think Jankowski, by the way, like just quickly, I think Jankowski is probably going to be a top ten middle infielder in this league in four or five years okay he's not a shortstop but well okay second baseman okay so second baseman i'm just saying i think he'll be that good but he's that much there's, overshadowed by there, there's a name that i really want to say out loud because i want to draft him but at the same time i don't want to give it away but at the same time the name is absolutely fantastic and i'm just gonna do it his name is theory Ducroc. T H I E R R Y D. Oh, the first baseman. He's hilarious. His name is amazing. Like, and, he, and by the way, I can give him away because like everyone can see he puts up two to three WAR. He's fine. It's not like he's a hidden player. Like he's super good. But um, his name is great. Absolutely. I'm well, sorry, guys. Like I know I joke, but like I really fucking get a kick out of all the fucking names and stuff more so than the gameplay itself. So here's a name I got for you. you ready? Okay. Um. And again, I'm sorting by OSA, so I don't feel like I'm giving anything away. I don't feel like I'm doing anything wrong. I'm sorting by a list. Everybody has information. Okay, right? So there's a player. His name is Billy Clemens. He's currently suspended. Is this the kid that had the like the PD or something? Uh, no, but I like to draft the disliked guys and see if I can turn them down in my low minors, and it never really worked <laughs> out. Like I, I like I had a team in another league where I was bored, so I signed like fifteen guys who were disliked because that league's been around for like sixty years, or yeah. forty years, and I changed my team name to the Bad Boys. It was <laughs> it was it was completely just to humor myself, but whatever. Um, no, but I actually really like this guy. He has a seventy three power grade by OTP, I believe it was. And I know he's a pure DH, and I know his batting ball profile is a fly ball hitter, which fits in with his DH and his, his gap power and home run powers. Do you think a player of this archetype can perform, and he's per, per the game, the 36 prospect, whatever, but do you think that a type of player with this archetype is a type of player that you could get plus value on? Or do you think these the type yes. of players, given the type of depth we have in this league, we should just completely ignore no, I absolutely think there's a place in the league for a guy like Billy Krillman uh, because – and this is something we've talked about. And I think one of the things that I think is, like, most often overlooked with catchers, and this is something we talked about off the air that I feel pretty strongly about, is catching ability. 
So if you, and, and, and there's plenty of data and stuff out there, so it's not like I'm giving away state secrets, but if state you, secrets, if you, you look, if you look, there's people that run simulations. If you look at the difference between a catcher catching ability of like 40 or 50, and then you move that catching ability to like 60 or 70, you will be absolutely blown away. Like simu do you like, like a 5,000 simulation with the same team, Just same batters, it's same same pitchers, same pitchers, you will be astonished to see that your pitching staff's Ks per nine will go up about one and a half per nine. Your your bases on balls will go down about, about 1.2. You're talking about ability, correct? On the correct, catcher. ability. So Not I'm saying – ERA, that's – No, that's I could care less. For, yeah, well, but catcher ERA varies, I find – more based on the pitcher individually. Correct. But I'm saying I, I could care less about that. What I care about when I'm looking at the draft is the catching ability because that ability, like I could care less that on my scout has him as a 27 contact because his value for me is going to be pitch framing for guys like Nunn and Hill and, um, you know, the rest of my staff, Tharp and, and the rest of these guys, Bowers. He's going to, with a 75 catching ability, he is going to be worth his weight in gold if you can't find a plus defender and a guy that can reasonably pass as a hitter. Like, that's where I think some people overlook the catching position is they get too offensive heavy and they don't realize how much uh, the catcher actually influences your yo, pitching but, staff. Yo, but the catching in this league sucks right now. Like, No, like, no, agreed. Like agreed. It's, it, it's okay. But, like, right now, like, I'm just going to use an example I have, like, Troust for me. He's a right. 53 at catcher, 67 ability, 42 arm. That's just not great. But that is above average right now in this league, in my right. opinion. But if you look at my catcher, like, I drafted him in the second round in 2023, John Clary. You know who my favorite is... catcher drafted so far in this league has been? It's been the guy Gary took, that freaking jerk. Yeah, well, I, I like the, the catcher from last year that I passed on that I probably shouldn't have, but um... – the guy I told you that I would have traded for Preciado. Triplet, yeah. But, um, I like, if you look at Clary, I took him in the second round of the 2023 draft. So his catching ability is 68, for, you know, according to my scout. He's only got a 56 arm. His overall catcher rating is a 62. Is, okay, but that's plus-plus in this league defensively. No, that's what I'm saying. Like, like, to me, a 67 catching ability, even though, like, his offensive metrics – like, last year he hit 309, which is great. 367, that was a bonus. But his value His is, offense doesn't even look that good. No, but that's what I'm saying. Like, he only hit nine home runs. Like, he's not – I'm not – he's not playing because of the offensive value. He's playing because of what he's going to add. 273, 20, like, you're ecstatic. That, but I'm saying that's where the value is. He, the, the value is what he's adding behind the plate. He has a 320, uh, you know, catcher ERA this year. And, which we and, don't look at, right? Which we don't look at. But my point being is that if you which look I at – Which if you look at – you know, for example, last year, 396. If you look at, you know, caught stealing percentage, typically around 30% or higher, like that isn't because he has a 56 arm. That is, you know, it all is interrelated between, you know, the pitcher's hold rating, the catching ability. But I'm just, the point being is long way of saying, yes, I think a guy that's got 75 catching ability can play in the league even if he's only got like a, a 30 contact if he's got a decent eye or a decent avoid K. <laughs> I, I don't disagree with you. It totally goes against everything you've ever said as it relates to 
the way you put together a team. But, I, but, but there's I always think, a spot for these people. No, but my point being is, and, and I, I will agree with you, because on base is so important to me, but the one position... you got to have a couple boppers, dude. Like, you just no, do. But, no, but, but the one position I'm willing to sacrifice at is the catching position, because I think that the catcher position, I, I, I like I said, and this is maybe just the way I feel, but... I think that the catching position is so important. It may even be more important than the shortstop. When when you really do the 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 research of the nuts and bolts of how much a catcher can actually influence your pitching staff. You're paying these dudes 15, 20, if you're Obata, $27 million a year. And then you throw some scrub back there that's got like a, a 20 ability catcher. Right, unless rating. he's un, un, unless he's homie from Milwaukee. Right. Like Silva, who's like just plus, 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 right. plus, 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 it's, plus offensively, it doesn't matter. Exactly, where it's it's just so high that you're just like, well, you know what? Oh, well. We're <laughs> just going to deal with it, exactly. Yeah. But I, also, I agree with you, dude. You're not getting any fucking disagreements from me. But it also makes me realize, like, when I trade for a guy so like Chris is... Hill, and I go, okay, so this guy's been really damn good, and he has a guy that has a 28 you know, catching ability, and he's now going to be paired up with a guy that's got a 70 hit catcher ability. I expect big things. So let me ask you a question. And by the way, his 10.3 projected war is going to get you those big things. Let me ask you a question now. Because you literally just spent the last fucking six months of my life talking to me about how much you fucking hate all this other crap and then say, I would do this. Except the catcher position. Okay. Which we've never said before. So let me ask you a question then. And I'm going to put this to a test. Borland, number one overall this year. Yeah. Obviously, the big, 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 big name that a whole bunch of us, I'm assuming, have been tracking for the last three years is Eric Q. Coming out. Are you aware of Eric Q? Next year? Yeah, of course you are. Yeah. I think he's a second baseman, could probably play shortstop, just I like think... Borland, whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. My question is, who would you rather have, Borland or Q? Because I think they're both equally valuable in terms of the type of numbers they're going to put up, but they're completely different players. Yeah, see, this one's tough, right? Because It's fun, though, right? It is fun, but like this is where it gets dicey because – if it's a dice roll, like if you look Please between say the Q, power. okay, so Borland is safer, right? Right, but if you yeah. look, if if you look at Q, and you He's look sexy, at Borland, if you look at Q and you look at Borland on paper, right? Borland has a slightly high, higher on base, but it's not like a big difference. Like Q through the first three years in college has has a, over a four hundred on base every year. So you if you're what? talking about a minuscule difference. You know, he bats – his average is over 300 every year and his on-base is over 400 every year. Of course I'm going to take the guy that's going to hit 30 or 40 home runs a year over the guy who's going to hit three. Like, like you're, but, you have but, to look but, at but something – war. But hold on. The war, though? Unless Q goes to Montana where he hits 60. I – like, I would. The war is going to be similar, dude. Like I, like I, I, like, I have these two set up in a spreadsheet that I'm tracking. I think that Q. I think that Q because because of the range, the air, and the arm, like you mentioned. If it was me, I would immediately train him at short. His he's got a 79 range for me, a 74 arm, a 76 air. Like he's a shortstop that's been mislabeled as a second baseman, which only I is going to make him more valuable. Play, by the way. Hey, I think he no, but play. I'm saying he which play the only. Outfield too. Which only makes him more valuable. What I'm saying is, I think that he's going to, he's probably going to end up being like a six war guy a year. Do you think Borland is a six war guy? I don't think that Borland will quite reach that. I think that he may be more valuable. Different ways. 
correct. I think he may be quote unquote more valuable. Q is the guy that you're going to bat third or fourth in your lineup, and Borland's the guy that I'm going to bat lead off. Right. So the That's run the scored difference. is going to be huge. Because, it's going to be like 120 to like 80. Right. Because the other thing you have to consider is it's not just a matter of, it's not just a matter of, um, it's not just a matter of um, that the physical attributes per se, but if you look at the speed on both these guys, it's fairly good, right? Like if you hey, look at it, he's also look, a righty, which is huge for me in a league that's shifting to lefty pitching for whatever reason. It's such correct. And, like like lefty pitching is so important. It's so important, so so important. But hey, hey, you no, know, I almost said something I did not want to say on the air. So is right handed. So is right handed bats. Right, but I'm saying, like, we've been completely, we've completely went the other way. Like, it's cool. Right. Like, we're meeting in the middle, but now, like, if it's like supposed to be in the middle, like, we're so far on the other side. We're like, hey guys, uh, we have right arms and we do okay. Like, Q's value with all these big lefties being drafted and coming up, mm-hmm. I think it's more valuable based on that alone than Borland. Well, Even though I think Borland is a better, most valuable player, more valuable player. I think, yeah, and I understand what you're saying. I, I think that. In the I day, think... gun to head, gun to head. Who are you taking? Q or Borland? Now, I probably is ratchet. So oof. I probably would take Q, although yes. you know you know my yes. affinity for a blue K. <laughs> I and got I. you. To, I got you to punt on 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 uh, the best prospect we've had. No, you know what? Actually, I I can't do it. Oh, I, I'm on. looking. No, you know what? The the base the the stealing Ain't the base be instincts. Ain't the gonna running. be able to do it. Yeah. Listen, Bor Borland's gonna give They're me both thirty. Both gonna be fucking great. Borland's gonna give me thirty stolen bases a year. They're both gonna be great. Yeah, they like, are. Ama- like unbelievably great. So they are. last question on that real quick because we're, we're here. We, so Q is 19, 20 years old, right? He's put up whatever he's put up. Borland has put up whatever. Would, would you say that um, the, the who has more war over the course of their career is solely going to be based on where they land? Yes. Yeah, probably. Yeah. I think when you, Borland in when Montana you have... puts up 40 war, and I think Q in Montana puts up 60. I think I think when you uh, like at that point like you're saying like like at That's that an point extreme. neither he's not getting past the first pick but yeah I'm just saying like at that point you're like you're like basically splitting hairs yeah like you know if if for example like Borland ends up in Palmetto and Q ends up in like Montreal then yeah. Borland's probably in a better situation because you know Palmetto has a shit ton of other players around him to be able to to, you know to assist you know what's crazy too, if you think about it. Um, we've talked about this offline, and I don't think again this is giving away any state secrets, but it's fucking stupid. Where I could have a player with high stuff potential putting up negative WAR seasons, getting four WAR or four million dollars in arbitration, and I could have a guy like Arakaton putting up two and a half to three WAR like every year, like literally a three WAR difference, getting one point five WAR. Borland's gonna cost you nothing. Yeah, no. there's no power. He's going to cost. No. You, he's going to cost you nothing. That's what I was saying. I, I think he's going to cost you like a ridiculous like lot. If you play, yeah, if you played them through Arby, Borland probably gets to eight million dollars a year, maybe ten, based in his last year, based on him being a fucking ridiculous. Player. I don't even. I don't even think he gets a ten. No, 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 no. But I'm just saying, like, like that's like his ceiling, like ten million dollars being a fucking ridiculous player. Ridiculous. If you're doing Q, putting up similar WAR. He's yeah. gonna cost you twenty five million at the end if you play him through five years. Maybe, yeah, I, probably. Because I mean, I'm, I'm Q's, Q's gonna I'm, hit thirty home runs a year, and Portland's gonna hit five. I'm exaggerating, but the WAR's gonna be similar. So OTP, fix whatever you need to fix. Don't put so much value on strikeouts either. Come on. Yeah, but Portland's also gonna be a guy that's gonna hit f- probably fifty doubles a year. 
Yeah, I mean, he's going. If he's probably going to bat leadoff, but he's also, if you look at the what do you the, think you the base running the base if you look at the base running metrics, if you look at you know the gap power, you look at all that kind of stuff. Like oh, this is hold on, this is this is FC two. Go ahead and keep talking. Sorry. No, I'm just saying like if you look at kind of like uh, if you're looking at everything, kind of all encompassing, I think that I think it's it's a, a fairly substantial difference. Like I think. I think the huh. Q probably ends up with more like in the 30 range. You know, it's so funny. I've never range. actually looked at the college ballparks that much. And I didn't realize that every single ballpark, while the capacity is different, they are all the exact same. Yeah. I, for whatever reason, I never looked, I, I never looked at that. Yeah. I, I don't know why. Cause I, cause I don't care. I didn't look at all of them, but I looked at like three or four and then I realized they were, they were all the same. And I said, yep, I'm that's it. I don't have to worry about that. So whatever numbers you're getting, it's pretty much going to be the same across the board. I haven't even exported for tomorrow. Um, so, I think that's about all the time we got, though, man. It's eleven. And... Yeah. Well, hey, this was <laughs> this this was um, pandemic after dark. Like, absolutely. I hope like, you guys enjoy, man. Yeah. Me and Mike stayed up late to to try and get this done for you guys. Uh, the draft is going. The season's going. I can't wait till tomorrow so we get another another uh, week of, of baseball in. Uh, get, shout get out Gary, to, to I Gary. I will jump off a bridge if if I don't go at least two and four tomorrow. Just so you know. Shout out to Gary for uh, you know all the work he's performed, and uh, we'll definitely have I to. I thought uh, you were going to shout out Gary for all that war he accumulated in the offseason. No, no, you know what? <laughs> you got it. You know he started off the year strong last year. I'm going to need to see a little bit more yeah, this I, year. I just like giving Gary a hard time. <laughs> all right, guys. Well, thank you so much, uh, Mikey. It was it was awesome. Thanks for yeah, joining man. me. Lo- and we'll lo- uh, we'll see you. Yeah, we'll see you again next time. Bye. Bye.